How secure are dividends? That's the question that we'll be addressing to in this afternoon's Logan update, Stephen Lee with Logan Capital. And that's the question we're getting most common from our advisors and planners and uh, individual clients. And it makes sense given that with interest rates at record lows, dividends can be a nice source of income and ultimately a floor to valuations. So we'll talk with Bill Fitzpatrick, who is on the Logan's value team running both our domestic and international value portfolios, as well as Chris O'Keefe, who heads up the dividend performers team, which obviously has a key convenient uh, component of dividend income in their investment process. So Bill, why don't we start with you? I know dividends are important. What, what are you and your team doing to ensure the, the quality of your dividends and what's your take in terms of dividend security in today's environment? Yes, thank you, Stephen. Uh, we're doing the same things we always do. Uh, dividend yield is the primary valuation tool and we spend a lot of time underneath the hood uh, looking at the balance sheets to make sure cash flows are consistent and predictable. So in, in some respect, we welcome an environment that sort of refocuses your attention back on the balance sheet after a benign credit market really for the last 10 or 12 years. So the stress in the marketplace today, particularly in the energy markets, well, oil prices have come down dramatically just year to date, and that's put into focus the viability of the dividends. Uh, for us, we're only invested in both the AD, international ADR strategy and U.S. large concentrated value, uh, both, we only invest in the large integrated oil and gas companies. And these companies tend to cash flow very well and they fit our process really well. And most importantly today, given that the cash flows are going to be pressured by the drop in oil prices, they have a number of other levers to pull and they've all addressed their capital allocation just in the last week. So what they're doing is they're cutting operating expenses, cutting CapEx dramatically, uh, they've eliminated any stock buyback plans, uh, they're still doing asset investitures, a little tougher market to sell assets, but they're still doing that as well. Uh, and so they haven't even mentioned the dividend, which gives us comfort, particularly in 2020, that we don't think we're going to see any dividend cuts. Now, if you fast forward into 2021 and oil prices are still in the mid-20s, it's going to be a different story we're going to have to, we're going to, have to address. But in the near term, we do not expect dividend cuts there. Now, on the financials, completely different story. Uh, what we're seeing there... A couple of the regulators, particularly the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, have suggested, uh, which essentially means required, uh, the banks to suspend their dividend payments. These are not dividend cuts. They just want to suspend it, preserve cash flow in the event that things continue to deteriorate, and they really want the banks to still be in a position to make loans. So it's a little ironic. The banks essentially are part of the solution today, whereas they were a big part of the problem in, in 2008. Um, but underneath the hood, the banks that we own which again is typically the larger cap, uh, well-diversified banks with other income streams besides just interest income. Uh, we think they're very well capitalized and could have made their dividend payments uh, with very little stress on their capital levels. It's double the capital today that it was in 2008. And so they're in real good shape, just getting squeezed a little bit on the margin. But we feel real good about the names that we have today. And we, we do not expect any, any of the traditional dividend cuts in the banks that we own. And I know from experience, your, your strategy and cash flows has held up very well in, in other challenging markets. So for better or worse, we've been through some of these things before. Um, Chris O'Keefe, dividend performers. Obviously, dividend growth rate is a, good, is a key component of your security selection process. What are you seeing in your universe of stocks? And you know, what do you expect going forward here with those dividends? Thank you, Stephen. Um, definitely a very timely uh, topic. And so far, actually out there in the market today, um, of all the sort of companies trading, um, 92 have already you know, made dividend announcements. Um, 
either to suspend or cut or eliminate their dividend. So definitely a lot of concern in this area. Um, and I, one of the things I think uh, Bill was referring to, at least on, on our side of the, of the pond, uh, the CARES Act, which is the new stimulus uh, program, does mandate if you do take any loans from the government that you will have to not only not buy back any more stock, but you can't pay any dividends until you pay those loans back in full. And, and even 12 months after that, you can't pay dividends. But to Bill's point, you know, we don't see any mandates on dividends outside of that um, so far, and, and, we, and we hope. Um, key point for us, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, we're the dividend performers. So we definitely, just like Bill and his team, spend a lot of time researching and focused on, on dividends in our strategy. And in fact, um, our philosophy says that we can only buy companies that have had at least five years of dividend growth. And that tells you a lot about the kind of names that we're buying. I mean, if, if companies that, that, that can consistently increase dividends over time are likely to have you know, resilient business models, durable um, growth and cash flows and dividends throughout time. And if you look at our current holdings, 30% uh, of the holdings have actually increased the dividends more than at least 25 years and even more than 25 years. And 60% of our holdings have increased the dividend at least 10 years. So definitely a very high quality portfolio. And it tells you a lot about the management teams involved in these companies. Not only do they have a business model that, that, that can generate that kind of consistent growth, but they've done it you know, through thick and thin. And they're determined to, to reward shareholders with, with dividends. Um, and just to the point that I made earlier on you know, the, the fact that we are seeing dividend cuts, we think a lot of those cuts are going to come in in companies that are, in our view, lower quality. You know, I mean, Bill talked about strong balance sheets. These companies that are likely to, to need you know, help from the government, not likely to have strong balance sheets and maybe have business models that they're not quite as strong. Well, that, that's not the pond that, that he's playing in, and same for us at, at uh, Dividend Performers. Um, actually, if you think about it, you know, looking forward, um, we're gonna own these companies that have, you know, the premier dividends and, and you know, as, as Fewer names have that, and in our case, you know, we look for companies that not only pay dividends, but grow dividends throughout time. We think these companies will probably be more highly valued uh, throughout time since they'll have likely faster growth rates um, you know, than, uh, than the average dividend payer out there in, in, the, uh, in the market. You know, something you said, uh, you want, a lot of your companies have been inc increasing dividends over 25 years. Did, did that, a lot of them did well in the uh, last financial crisis in terms of being able to maintain those dividends. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah, that is true. Very good. Well, That's I think- a great financial crisis. Very good. Well, thank you both for taking the time and hopefully this addresses some of, uh, some of your questions. And for the viewers, if any of you have more questions or would like more detail on our strategies, please feel free to reach out to your Logan representative or, uh, or visit us at our website at logancapital.com. And as a reminder, 
This material represents an assessment of the market and economic environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or guarantee of future results. Forward-looking statements are subject to certain risks and uncertainties. Actual results, performance, or achievements may differ materially from those expressed or implied. Information is based on data gathered from what we believe are reliable sources, it is not guaranteed as to accuracy, does not purport to be complete, and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for investment decisions. It should also not be construed as advice meeting the particular investment needs of any investor. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Indices are unmanaged and investors cannot invest directly in an index. Unless otherwise noted, performance of indices do not account for any fees, commissions, or other expenses that would be incurred. Returns do not include reinvested dividends. The Standard Poor's 500 is an unmanaged group of securities considered to be representative of the stock market in general. It is a market value weighted index with each stock's weight in the index proportionate to its market value. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted average of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks, primarily industrials, but includes financials and other service-oriented companies. The components, which change from time to time, represent between 15 and 20% of the market value of all NYSE stocks. Rebalancing and reallocation can entail transaction costs and tax consequences that should be considered when determining a rebalancing reallocation strategy.